On today's Locked On Thunder, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder loss to the Golden State Warriors to start 0-4 this year. However, there were a lot of positives, including the best quarter we've seen from this Thunder team all season long. Why there's a ton to build on from this loss, all coming up on today's Locked On Thunder on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod, email the show, LO Thunderpod at gmail.com, and even call in the show for 0536271287128. On today's show, we're going to dive into the game against the Golden State Warriors, talk about their rotation, Josh Giddy, SGA, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl in his first start, Lou Dort, defending Steph Curry, Darius Baisley, and of course, we'll have our Moneyball picks of the day. How did we do it with the bed of the day, the MVP of the game, and so much more. This is a fun game all the way around. I want to thank you first off for making us your first listen every single every single morning. We're here for you every single day on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. So thank you and subscribe for free. Subscribe for free on all platforms, including the new platform of YouTube. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Now, we'll start, what we always do, with our game overview. And in this game, the Thunder were in search of their first win while the Warriors were hoping to remain undefeated. The Warriors, of course, accomplished that goal by beating the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, the Thunder did have to have a big start. I mean, the Thunder were amazing out of the gate. 7-0 run, uh, the, the, the roof was going to come down. It was an awesome start from Oklahoma City. The Thunder once led by 15. Golden State never led by more than 10 points. The Warriors did out-rebound the Thunder 53-48. to They also had 30 assists as the Thunder only have 19. Oklahoma City won the turnover battle 15-13. to 13. Both teams shot 35% from three. Golden State shot 47% from the floor. Oklahoma City shot 41% from the floor. And that's how the Warriors beat the Thunder 106-98. to 98. Of course, the big storyline from this game is SGA's 30-point game. It's Jeremiah Robertson Earl's first start. It's Lou Dort defending Curry. Those are some of the big takeaways, as well as Lou Dort uh, which we mentioned, and Darius Baisley, of course, will always be a storyline. But also the rotation. The rotation is starting to, I think, get figured out a bit. So we mentioned that Jerry started tonight. The second-round pick, the rookie, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, got the start because Derek Favors was out with rest. Now, it makes sense to rest Derek Favors tonight against Golden State because on Wednesday night, they played the Los Angeles Lakers on a back-to-back, and if you're only going to have this veteran big for one game, you want to be against the Lakers, who have a much deeper arsenal of bigs that they can throw at the Thunder. JRE, Isaiah Roby, Mike Muscala, they match up way better as a standalone group to the Warriors than they do to the Lakers, so it made sense to rest him on the front end and not the back end. And it was surprising to see that, that Mark officially gave Jerry that start and did not go back to Roby. I was pleasantly surprised by that. Of course, Wiggins 
Watson Jr. were out with a G League assignment. As G League is going to start next week, and they're going to start their training camp period. They did not uh, participate. And then Vitt got recalled, and I'm sure will be sent back down pretty soon to the blue. Uh, just a weird roster shuffle. He did not play. Uh, you're going to get notifications from all of us that he's recalled and sent back down, recalled, sent back down. That's just going to be the game they play with Vitt and other players. So get used to that. But he did not play tonight either. Of course, Favors did not play because he's out. Uh, Gabriel Deck did not play. Ty Jerome did not play. And then Isaiah Roby only played two minutes tonight after not playing on Sunday. So even without Derek Favors, it was still Muscala over Roby. It was still Kenny Hustle and, and, and Baisley and, and these guys, and, and of course, Jerry over Isaiah Roby uh, down low. Very interesting there. Players with 10 or more minutes in this game. Dort, Baisley, Jerry, Josh Giddy, SGA, Malvon, Poku, Williams, and Muscala. Now, Trey Mann you know, had over, over nine minutes, but could not quite get to 10. So you can kind of honorary throw him into the pile. It's hard to get everybody exactly 10 minutes uh, you know, a game. So you can kind of honorary throw him in there, round up a bit, if you will. Uh, but that's kind of your group. And, and I don't really have any gripes with the rotation tonight. I think that I'd, I'd rather see more Trey Mann minutes, obviously. I'd take away some minutes uh, from a guy like Kendrick Williams, a guy like Mike Muscala. But uh, as, I, as we've said this whole time on this podcast, whenever you talk about the rotation, there's no right or wrong answer because while you or I might say, hey, let's get Trey Mann more run because he can develop more, you take away those Muscala minutes, you take away those Kenny Hustle minutes, and this is a much larger deficit and a totally different game. So while Muscala and Kenny Hustle are not developing in front of our eyes and uh, part of the shiny young core, they do have a, a, a considerable role in this team in terms of making the scores respectable and keeping you in situations. Now, what's important about keeping the score respectable, right? A loss is a loss. Who cares? Well, it does put you in different spots whenever you're in close games. It gives you a different feel and a different atmosphere. And those are also teaching moments. And if you never get those teaching moments leading up to the point where you actually do want to contend again, that, that's not a great thing for your core. So it's a, it's a balancing act. And, and how you balance that is important long-term. So while long-term in terms of raw numbers, it might be better to play Trey Man in terms of just raw minutes, the atmosphere and the just situations you can put these young players in gets elevated whenever you play a guy like Muscala or Williams, even though those two players specifically can't grow, they can grow other players. So I, I think that the rotations are fine. I like the rotations. Uh, that's kind of the only thing you can really complain about. And then maybe even just say, play man more minutes than Malvon, but I'm not there yet either. I think it's a good rotation. I really do. I mean, I think that this is kind of the best you can do with this group. It's interesting to see Roby go down to two minutes you know, in this one, but Again, I'd rather this team get put in spots where they're playing competitive games uh, and, and sacrifice Roby minutes to make that happen, where they're playing in, in tight situations and they're getting teams' best looks and, and seeing how they react to that best shot that a team's going to give you. Because you can talk about teams maybe taking the thunder lightly, but when you get smacked in the mouth on a 7-0 run, if Steph Curry's out there, if Draymond Green's out there, if all these Warriors are out there, well, we're already out here. We're already playing. We might as well give it our best shot now. We might as well try to retaliate. You saw them come back uh, very well from that 50 point, 15 point deficit. I think that you got the Warriors' best shot tonight. You, you got to see what the what it's like to play the Warriors at their at their apex, and they they hung in there. The young Thunder hang, hung in there, especially the core guys like JRE, like SGA, like Lou Dort, and Josh Giddy. 
So that rotation to me is pretty solid. I'd like to see that see that continue, and we'll see how they manage it with favors going back tomorrow against the Lakers. We'll, or tonight against the Lakers. We'll talk about Josh Giddy, SGA, and Ludor all coming up. But first, I want to say right now, our good friends over at Sweatblock. Sweatblock is incredible. Sweatblock is doctor-created and doctor-recommended. Sweatblock is awesome because it helps you stop sweating. It was even pretty hot today, humid today uh, in Oklahoma. Still, as we inch closer uh, to Halloween and to the, to the depths of fall, it's still still kind of on the on the warm side some places in Oklahoma today. So make sure you stop sweating because it works up to seven days per use. It's dry shirt guaranteed, doctor created, doctor recommended. If it does not keep you dry, sweat block will give you your money back. It's good for not just armpits, not just pitting out sweat, but it's good for chest, for back, for feet, for hands. Use it anywhere, and I mean anywhere, that you sweat. How much of a benefit is that? You don't want to be sweating whenever you're on a date or a presentation for work or at school or at an event or anywhere. And imagine just something simple as hand sweat. You don't want to be shaking somebody's hand and your hand's wet. So it can be something as, as light as just a quick swipe on the hand, black out the sweat from your hand. It's very cool. It's a very good product. And so get sweat block today. It's doctor created, doctor recommended. Sweat block can be found at a lot of places. It's the number one antiperspirant on Amazon. So you can get it on Amazon. It's also at your local CVS. Now you can also go to sweatblock.com. That's sweatblock.com and use the promo code locked on. That code locked on will give you 20% off at sweatblock.com. So make sure you're using sweatblock. We are back on Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. I want to thank you for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning. Really appreciate that. Subscribe for free on all your platforms, including the new platform of YouTube. Make sure you go subscribe over there as well. Like, comment, everything that goes along with that. And then for your second listen today, go check out Locked On NBA. Go see what's happening around the grand scheme of basketball. It's awesome. We got Jake Madison, host of Locked On Pelicans, and John Corrales, host of Locked On Celtics, talking to you today about the entire NBA. So you got a big market representative and a small market representative. So you're going to get equal coverage. Let's see what they have to say about the Thunder and the Warriors after this. But we got to talk about Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy was impressive tonight again. He's been an impressive rookie in an entire class of impressive rookies. This entire 2021 draft class has lived up to the billing. I mean, Davion Mitchell has had impressive moments. Josh Skiddy has had impressive moments. Chris, Chris Duarte had impressive moments. Jalen Green, Scotty Barnes, everyone, literally the, the, the whole shebang. You, you struggle to list them because you don't leave, leave anybody out on, you know, on accident. But all these guys have had very good moments in their career so far. Of course, Josh Skiddy, as we've gone over on this podcast since preseason. This draft class seems like it's going to live up to the hype and it's going to be a historic one because if all these guys hit and if all these guys continue their development trajectory, there's not going to be very many classes where you can have this deep of a, of a success story. So it's, it's impressive that, that, that all these guys are doing it. But Josh Gay tonight has nine rebounds, four assists and seven points. Wasn't very efficient tonight. And this is an area we talked about in the preseason 
Giddy might not be efficient off the gates, but he doesn't have to be efficient. Nobody expects rookies to be efficient. He compiles stats, nine rebounds, four assists, seven points. His floater game is just something to behold, and it will really, really, really uh, help whenever they get a lob threat. And maybe that's not going to be their starting center, obviously. Um, you know, maybe, maybe they don't envision a, a true lob threat as their starter, but for change of pace lineups, I think it'd be very beneficial for this team long-term. We're not talking about right this minute. Don't, don't go out there and, and get somebody right this minute. But long-term, whenever this roster's flushed out and you're ready to go make a run, I think that this team should always, for the duration of Josh Giddy's career in Oklahoma City, have a lob threat and have somebody who they can throw into a lineup to where it just will exploit defenses. Because when he gives that up fake, he's going to get defenders to bite. He's going to get player. He's going to get players up in the air. He's going to go by them. He has great downhill speed. And whenever, since he can shoot those floaters at such a high clip and, and make them such so consistently as we're going to see throughout this season, throughout his career, the threat of it being a lob or a floater will just create easy shots for either himself or his role partner, his rim rolling partner. So have, flushing that out in the roster will be very good for him long term. As is playing with a pick and pop guy like, like Jeremiah Rumps Earl. He's he's very versatile, uh, which is the staple of this Thunder roster. They want to get guys who are versatile. They've done that so far. I think that the most impressive part was Giddy's poise, because tonight he had two instances where he got blocked and the, the shots just sent right back down to him. He's blocked. He's got to recover the ball now because he just got blocked and then go back up strong. And he and he finished both times. He he recovers the ball, goes up strong, and and, and knocks it in. The stick tuitiveness of that is impressive. And, and following up his shots are impressive as well. He was one for three tonight from three, uh, and it looked good. The shots did look good. And if he's a 30% shooter from three, 32, 34, if he can get it closer to league average, shoots 33% tonight, uh, one for three, obviously not a mathematician or anything. But if he gets closer to that league average mark with his passing ability, with his downhill ability, I mean, the sky is the limit for Josh Giddy, and and we'll we're gonna say that every game, right? It's gonna be a, a recurring theme here. You should hope at least uh, that, that it will be a recurring theme here. So get ready, get, you know, kind of get your your snacks ready, kick your feet up because we're gonna be talking about Josh Giddy for a long, long time. And on defense, he played uh, decent, right? I think that you can't expect Josh Giddy to be a great defender out of the gate. However. He has been a better than expected defender to me anyway. And expectations are relative, right? You might've had higher expectations than I did of him as a defender, but I certainly didn't have great expectation. And there were moments that was really good. There's also moments where the Warriors sought, sought him out and they, and they tried to attack him. And that's going to happen because he's a rookie number one. And also because this was a really good matchup for the Warriors to try to exploit. So I think all in all, I'd give the defense from Giddy tonight a C minus or a C if you want to put like an actual label on it. But considering the opponent, that's really good. Now, if the Warriors were at full strength and, and they were going with Clay Thompson in his prime and all that fun stuff, he would have probably been a D plus, a D minus. So, I mean, he gets helped out there. The matchup can really hurt you in the NBA. And then that's life. Outside of Lou Dort and a few other defenders, the matchup really depends on your, you know, your defensive grade, I should say, really depends on your matchup. And it depends on who you're going against and what they can exploit. But he finished with a steal and a block tonight as well. Josh Giddy was fun. Uh, SGA, though, looked like a star again. In a night where he's sharing the floor with Steph Curry, he was the best player on the floor. A lot of that has to do with the fact that 
the Warriors do not have a Lou Dort to throw at you. They're not going to uh, have Draymond Green on, on SGA every single possession. So that helps SGA a lot, obviously, Then and it, and it goes against Steph Curry. But he was really good, SGA was. 30 points tonight, 14th time in his career he's gotten 30 points. Four assists, one rebound, and a steal, while having shooting splits of 57% from the floor, 80% from the three, and 80% from the line. He made four threes tonight, and it felt like they were all off balance. He's been working and working and working. If you followed him on Instagram uh, the last two off seasons, that's kind of the only thing he's really been showing off. That and lifting weights has been like the only thing he's been showing off of his game, that he is trying to add these mobile these mobile threes to his repertoire. And the, and the ability to do that consistently, if he can truly make that happen, catapults him to that top 15, top 10 range if he can do that. That is going to be the peak of his powers. And this is a season where you have the luxury of failing. Sunday did not shoot the three ball particularly well. This season so far has not shot the three ball particularly well, I should say, you know, going back to Friday and last, and last Wednesday. It's okay. He might not shoot well tomorrow. But he's taking difficult shots now. He's taking more difficult shots. And while it might sacrifice some percentage points, and at the end of the year, we might compare the basketball reference logs as this one being a slightly less sufficient than last year. I'm willing to sacrifice that if it means it helps him grow as a player. I don't need his three-point percentage to be as high as it was last year if he's growing and developing. Because if he adds those mobile threes and you get a better roster around him, which is the goal, then he becomes one of those top one percenters. He becomes the upper echelon of the NBA. So this season, watching him take these difficult shots, so effortlessly, I might add, is awesome. And I do want to say tonight, he gets the line five times and, and, and offensive lead is really well as a score. But I do want to say tonight, those four assists were awesome. He had some really nice passes. He also had passes tonight that didn't go in the box score and that won't make the highlight tape that were jaw-dropping. And that if Josh Giddy did them, we would be falling all over ourselves. I think that it's also important to see his progression as a passer his progression as a playmaker, as he wants to be the point guard. I know it's positionless. I know it's everyone's a ball handler. Everyone's a playmaker. It's clear in every way, in every walk, in every talk that she has had since he's gotten here and arrived here that he wants to be a point guard in this league. He wants to be known as a point guard. And you can see the significant strides from year one in, in LA to year one in Oklahoma City all the way up till now of his playmaking ability and passing ability. Tonight, he has that incredible whip pass to the corner to uh, to Kendrick Williams. It was a wide open three. I think he got fouled maybe, but they didn't call it and he misses it. If Josh Giddy makes that whip around pass to, to, Jer- to, to Kendrick Williams, we, Twitter would have exploded, right? SGA's passing ability was on display tonight in a big way. He had a great pass to uh, Josh Giddy down low where Josh Giddy was put in a tough spot with a tough layup and missed the layup and then basically cleaned it up. But that pass to get Josh Giddy, that reverse up and under layup, was immaculate. So, so these are the kind of things where you know, it won't show up on the stat sheet, but still, you know, respect to his passing, respect to that those strides he's made as a passer. But the big thing tonight for his game was those four threes. 
because every single one of them was like a sidestep, step back, just leaner, off balance, whatever. We know we can make the spot up shots. We know they can make the conservative shots, right? The shots where, you know, you just say you better shoot. Like he has time to line up. He has time to, he has time to think about it. He has time to shoot it. We're all understanding he's going to shoot. If he can add that shot where we're not expecting him to pull up and then he just does, he nails it. His offense just gets overhauled in that way. So that's, that's going to be very impressive to see uh, how he continues and matures in that uh, way from beyond the arc. But I want to say right now, we're good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off of your next order. They have amazing flavors like coconut, cherry, raspberry, cherry, barcia, mint, brown, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. My favorite flavor is, of course, cookies and cream. However, you can try every flavor and then let me know your favorite flavor on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. Try them all with a mixed box. The mixed box gives you two of each flavor. You try them all out and then you can reorder the flavors that you love the most. Most bars have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs. They're all tasty. They're all healthy. They're all great for you. They're all great tasting. Billboard.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off of your next order. Billboard is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. We are back on Locked On Thunder Podcast, on Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I want to tell you right now, thank you for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast for free, including on YouTube. For your second listen, go check out Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. Locked On Fantasy Basketball will help you win your league, so go let him help you win your championship. We have to talk about Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who made his first start tonight, plays 27 minutes tonight, and goes five of eight shooting from the floor, two of four from three, five rebounds and assists, a steal, 12 points. He's just a really smart basketball player. He's a Villanova player. You can see if you lined up some college basketball fans, and it would be hard to do this because you know they're college basketball fans, but if you just had them guess where each player went to college from, and they just for some reason didn't know him with the Villanova. This is this analogy is falling apart. I, I'm just going to say he, he's very clearly a Villanova basketball player. He has all the straights of a Villanova player. Now he can relocate. He has great positioning, and schematically he's always in the right spot. And, and that's kind of the difference from him and say Moses Brown. Where Moses Brown was not always in the great great position. Sure, the rebounds fell to him. He's seven two, but he was not always in the technically sound spot. And he's working on that in Dallas now uh, privately and, and uh, Dallas is investing in him to get him better at that because if they, they think that if they can do that part of it and physically he can do the rest. So you know, that's just an example of like a guy who had success, but was not technically sound. Jeremiah Armstrong has a skill set and is technically sound. So that's really impressive from him. The only thing that you can really complain about is the turnovers, but that's going to happen with young bigs. He fumbled a couple of balls away. He had one, incident where he had the pass and then he lost the pass and that forced him to kind of throw up a ball to, to try to save it off the ground. And it, and it ends up being a turnover, but he had three turnovers tonight. You'd like to see that cleaned up, but he's already made adjustments so far in his NBA career. Like the fouling, the fouling was a big issue for him. Uh, his first start against uh, his first game against Milwaukee, uh, first starting against Milwaukee. And then it, and then it eased up and it was perfectly fine. The rest of the time, it has not been an issue since then. So as that gets to be less and less, the turnovers, you're going to see him get better and better. I, I think that 
with Jeremiah Robinson, whenever you look at him, you see future. You see uh, somebody that the Thunder should really invest in. And they already have invested in him by trading up for him to get him in this draft in the second round. I think that he's quickly moved up the pedestal of the Thunder and the hierarchy of the Thunder. And I think that, you know, if you're a Thunder fan who watched all of last year and just, you know, kind of crowned Moses Brown and crowned Isaiah Roby and you know, wanted to just kind of throw yourself on them with all your support, you're going to quickly find out that Jeremiah Robinson is what you, what you hope those guys would be and that, and that he's even better than those guys. Like he, he's a really good basketball player. I think he's better than Isaiah Roby. I think he's better than Moses Brown. Much, much better than those players even. Now, will he be a future starter or a future star in this league? I'm still not ready to go that far. I know that I'm very positive and very upbeat on about uh, Jerry. I'm still not ready to go that far. That'll be a, that'll be a very good starter or be a very good star in this league. I think that for a championship team, you're probably not going to start JRE as your starting center. But I do think that he's going to be a high priority player where he's a sixth man, seventh man. And look, the league can, can change fast, right? Look how fast it changed on Serge Ibaka. Like the league can change. But if the league continues on this track and on this trajectory, the league continues to evolve in this path, then JRE will be a player who is highly sought after. And he will be one of the great backup bigs in the league, somebody that you're, that you're pining for whenever you're building your roster. That's how good he can be. And that's how well he fits the new age NBA and the new age thunder. So be a starter. I'm not ready to go that far yet. Of course he can still develop. He can still grow. He's only 20 years old, but I'm ready to go as far as to say that right now he'll be a very, very important piece for the thunder moving forward, because we saw in the first iteration of the thunder, how important it is to find depth and to find really good pieces uh, that you can go to beyond your stars. And Jerry can be that player. And, and so far has shown that he kind of is that player. Lou Dort though, was good in this game against Steph Curry, 11 points, four rebounds, three assists. Another night where he had bad shooting splits, 30, 20 and a hundred uh, for him. But Steph Curry on a night where he shoots 42% from the floor, 44% from three, you know, you got to kind of ignore the stats and kind of grade it on a curve. We're talking about Steph Curry because he's just so awesome. Uh, it was clear that Lou Dort defended him very well and, and flustered Steph Curry at times as Curry goes for 23 points tonight. Mark even said that he, he said a great quote, quote, most teams throw two guys at Steph Curry, but most teams don't have Lou Dort. I mean, that's just, that's just awesome. And it just kind of sums up uh, the impact of Lou Dort. Obviously, you're hoping for a better offensive night from him, but he was really good defensively, which is kind of his calling card. Now, now, Mark was also much more emotional tonight. Like he was very much in this game and kind of zeroed in on this game. Uh, you even saw him get animated a few times with Steve Kerr and the refs of wanting to move the game along and thinking that they had a delay of game on their hands. He, it seemed like this whole team really wanted this win tonight and wanted to get that kind of monkey off their back and, and get that first one of the year. And of course they couldn't do it tonight, but it's still a very hard fought game. And you saw the fans in the stadium today give a standing ovation after the game was over, even though it was a loss for this team. I, I think that the closing lineups of Kenny Hustle and Muscala over Baisley and Jerry were pretty weird. I'd like to close with Jerry in this game, but it doesn't really matter at all. And I understand it was like, as long as I have a rationale for it, that it makes sense. I understand why you'd go with Jerry and Muscala at the end there. You are getting up there in minutes for Jerry. You had 27 tonight and it's coming over from the college game. And you're not, you're not really sure uh, how he can handle playing much longer than that. And, and, you know, you have two guys who you know can handle the NBA game. I understand the thought process there. I would have just gone with Jerry in a, in a box, but obviously 
Mark has way more information than I do. I want to close with Darius Baisley. And obviously, uh, this might be getting old, but I think it's important because you, you look at the vibe around Baisley and the Thunder fan base, and it's just not in tune and in line with reality. Baisley was really good tonight. He was a really good ta- attacker at the rim. He shot 42%, scored seven points, uh, five rebounds, an assist, a steal, and a block. It was over three from three. He's not a three-point shooter. So he goes over three on those threes. He's been impressive this season. And he's improved. He's getting to the rim more. Uh, he's, he's being used differently. And an example of that is Josh Giddy handling the ball uh, at the break of the three-point line. It's a double screen from Jerry and Baisley. And the Thunder use Baisley as the rim roller. And Jerry flares out to the corner. And then Giddy finds Baisley rolling to the rim. Baisley dunks it. Boom. Another example. On that play where SGA had that great pass to, to Giddy and Giddy misses the tough layup, who's there crashing the glass, cutting the lane, other than Lou Dort being aggressive and relocating and, and cutting to the rim? And he cleans up the play. And the Thunder still get points on that play. Those are examples of his improvements. And those are examples that we wanted to see three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, we were, we were saying, what's going to be uh, the kind of the, the marker or the measurement for Baisley. It's not three-point shooting. It's relocating. It's aggressiveness. It's it's all of the intangibles that you see. Playmaking, which he's doing a lot better at, and is getting the opportunity to show you can do a lot better at, the playmaking aspect of it, running the floor in transition. Does he need improvement defensively? Of course he does. But his frame suggests he'll be a good defender. He has the frame to be a good defender, he has the drive to be a good defender. He's a player that understands that it can take him to the next level if he's a good defender. And that he's talked about openly for two years now about wanting tougher defensive assignments and wanting to learn and grow defensively. And he has a coach who's a really good defensive coach and can really help players progress on that end of the floor. That's three positive things working in his direction to improve his defense. And the fact that it hasn't improved in four games is not a reason to freak out. It's not a reason to, to throw away his whole season of improvement. And, and could he be a better three-point shooter? Hopefully one day he will be. Hopefully one day he'll be average or above average at three-pointers. But if he gets the defensive improvements, which there's a lot of reasons to believe that he will, and he continues the cutting improvements and continues the aggressiveness driving to the rim and being a transition leader and being a good rebounder, then the three-point shot fades further and further away in terms of the red line on the on the scorecard. I, I couldn't believe the amount of people who still don't see any improvement with Baisley. Now, you can still not like the guy as a player. You can still not want to build around Darius Baisley, but it's just false to say he hasn't improved. It, it's objectively false to say that this guy's not improved. You can say he hasn't improved to your liking, but he has improved and he has gotten better. And it's been four games. It was back to what I said yesterday. If the if the two blowout losses happen in the middle of March and they play the way that they played Sunday and tonight to start the year, the entire perception changes. What really hurt the Thunder perception, honestly, was a preseason game against the Bucs. A preseason game against the Bucs on ESPN. They got blown out. And then they got blown out in the, in the season opener and blown out on Friday. So the national perspective of it was shaped right then and there in those three games, and one was a preseason game. But it's crazy the local perspective of Darius Basley 
people who are supposed to be watching the game, he has truly improved. So the conversation is off there with Baisley. But the bet of the day today, the bet of the day was uh, courtesy of, of course, of our friends over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. Use code Locked On for your welcome bonus. I had Thunder plus nine and a half, and it absolutely cashed in, if I'm doing my math correctly, which is a big, big if. But I believe the Thunder lost by eight points tonight. And of course, that would mean that the Thunder plus nine and a half hit. Moneyball pick. I had Lou Dort, and it was SGA, who has four. I know that one of you had SGA tonight in the Moneyball pick, so congratulations for a win there. MVP of the game will be SGA. He deserves it. He was awesome. We've talked about him. The song of the game is Total Entertainment Forever by Father John Misty because this game was very, very entertaining for 90% of it, of course, until Bobby Sports couldn't show you the third quarter. Nonetheless, we'll be back tomorrow to recap the Lakers game. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Make sure you're subscribing for free on all platforms. Thank you for making us a part of your daily routine. It's a daily listen here every single day. Locked on Thunder. Subscribe anywhere you get podcasts from. Until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.